It's that lunchroom chatter podcast, you know Will you sit up and think about fucking your girl's best friend But you can't because your girl's a fighter and she'll fuck you up This that lunchroom chatter podcast Will you lay up and think about being a porn star But you can't because you come too quick So you gotta eat the pussy for 95 minutes Mmm, that kind of shit this that lunchroom chatter podcast where you in bed at night thinking about beating your meat, but you can't because you live with your mama. And she busts in the room and say, bitch, get the fuck up. Mama, why you ain't knock on the door first? This that kind of shit. Where you can be yourself, where you can relax, where you could put yourself into the mind of another nigga. So stay tuned. Let's get this shit popping. Lunchroom chatter podcast, baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Y'all know when y'all just hear my voice When y'all only hear the voice of the sexiest man on earth That means it's a lot of fucking news to cover this week I want to get in my bag I want to I wanna have a moment Now a lot of shit happened this week man From 16 year old Makia Bryant She was shot dead in Columbus, South Carolina While attempting to stab two girls Now it's outrage about it You know it's Black Lives Matter And of course Let me say this right now. Black lives matter. She's only 16 years old. Like it fucking breaks my heart that at 16 years old, that is how she left this earth. But we're going to get into that because I have some thoughts about that. Also, there was a black couple who randomly showed up in Florida to a $5 million home to have their wedding. Like you can't make this shit up. You cannot. Uh, Again, a black couple randomly showed up to a $5 million home in Florida and tried to go over the gate and have their wedding. (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. But something else that broke my heart this week, man, there was a 19-year-old player from Kentucky named Terrence Clark. He died in California, so I want to talk about that. And also about the risk that a lot of youth take because we believe that we are invincible. Also, I have a listener voicemail I want to respond to. And um, much more, man, but um, I want to start this episode this week, like, straight to the point. I want to start with a song by my guy Price. Now, some of, you guys, my, some of you guys may know Price because he was in the rap group Audio Push with his brother. I believe his brother's name was Octane. But he has been, been releasing some amazing, amazing solo projects, man. He released a project this year called Foes. That is F-O-E-S. This is my guy, Price. And I, I want to play a song off that project that I feel goes with this episode greatly. It is called Said and Done. Again, this is my guy, Price, with Said and Done. This is off his project, Foes, F-O-E-S. When it's all said and done, don't want regrets when I look back at my run. Want to be the greatest father ever in life to my sons. Speak the truth because I know there's power and life in the tongue instead of trying to resort to knives for a gun. When it's all said and done, I need a billion in my retirement fund. Top shelf OG inside of my lungs. I'm not just rhyming for fun. I'm rhyming for freedom. I'm rhyming for funds for when they came to Africa firing guns. When it's all said and done, I need to see my auntie Fifi find love. I need to see my sister Lily off drugs. I need my mother to be pleased and not feeling like she don't see me enough. And my pops did not have to plead for a judge and see the day when these racist white leaders that stop finally leeching off us and when the preachers that stop teaching us junk keeping us stuck when the homies will take the heat from under the seat of the trunk and take them and use them for people like trump when it's all said and done
it's all said and done, I'ma love you like no one ever did. Every investment help you leverage it. Lay you down in the bed and get you wetter than the pool and tip beverages, but still give you space for self-betterment. When it's all said and done, I'ma make right of all of my wrongs. On the masters to all of my songs. Take the niggas that's been the most solid to me and put all of them on. And we gon' ball out like Carl Malone. I'm gon' sit at the throne. Tony Stark when he in his zone. I'm gon' be number one on the charts right where I belong. Teach my nephews to never be clones. Teach my little homies stand on their own. Keep God rooted deep inside of your heart. Talk to the ancestors, you won't go wrong. Trust, that's how you gon' find your shalom. How you gon' find your way home. When I'm up at age with pain in my bones, still my spirit gon' be remaining strong. When it's all said and done. Said and done. done with the rumors, I'm done with the lies Done with the drama, I'm done with the hype We don't gotta run, no, we don't gotta hide I'm done with contracts from talentless guys With fat cat shakes and unsure eyes I'm done with generational curses that's taking me under I'm done being forced to double up straps every summer I'm done with not getting my worth for working hard in this cubicle Done being pallbearers, done going to funerals Done with not having no one to call when I hit my lows Done with niggas asking where you from when I hit the stove Done with gossip, done with traffic, done with taxes and fees I'm done telling you I'm done when I don't want you to leave, for real The prodigal son, yeah, from Second Street, but I'ma end number one and won't have to sell my soul to do it when it's all said and done. I'm free. When it's all said and done. Again, that is my guy Price with Said and Done. That is, that is off his new project, Foes, F-O-E-S. Now, this week, man, I kind of want to get right to the shits, man. I told y'all a story that's kind of been, it's kind of been eating at me, man, has been the story of Makia Bryan. But first, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure by now you guys have all heard the story. 16-year-old Makia Bryant, she was shot dead in the driveway of her foster home. But I'm going to play y'all the loose clip anyway, just to give you guys a, a better view before I dive into my opinions. Officials in Columbus, Ohio, released body camera footage just hours after a black teenager in the city was shot and killed by an officer. Columbus police say they were responding to a 911 caller who said someone was trying to stab them. We think it's critically important to share as much information as possible. Police say 16-year-old Michaela Bryant was trying to stab two people with a knife. The officer fires and Bryant falls to the ground. The teen was later pronounced dead at the hospital. Deadly force can be used to protect uh, yourself or the protection of a third person. So that is within the policy and that was in, within the law. That is the, what the law says. Whether this complies with that will be part of that investigation. But that claim of protection of the two other women did not stop protesters from taking to the streets into the night to demand justice for Bryant's life. Officials are calling for calm while the incident is investigated. It's unclear who started the initial fight or who called police. Laura Podesta, CBS News. Now, let me end it right there. Now, before I even dive into my opinion, I want to say right now that 
it hurts me that a 16-year-old girl was shot dead. She was shot dead. She was shot four times. She was killed in front of the house I believe she stayed in. It hurts me. Like, how many times, even, even going back last year, how many times on these episodes have I spoken about the fact that these episodes, like, they matter to me? Like, when these things happen, I, I'm never desensitized to where I just see it and I'm like, oh, another black death. Like, no, I don't say that to no black deaths, even when we are killed by our own people, because black people matter to me. But in this situation, speaking, and, and again, I understand what I'm about to say right now, a lot of you guys may not agree that is 100% okay. But when the situation happened, right? Now, of course, you know, I went to social media first to see what people were saying. Now, the information that came out initially through black social media was that there was a 16-year-old girl. She called 911 for help. Police showed up and just shot her. So by hearing that, I'm like, what? So you telling me a 16-year-old girl called for help, the police showed up and just shot her dead. Like, that's what I initially thought because of social media. But again, me being someone who doesn't rush online to speak about shit without knowing the facts, I waited. Now, even if you look at people like LeBron James, when he got his information from social media, he rushed online and he, he you know, he posted a message about the shooting death of 16-year-old Makia Bryant. But then when the body footage came out, what, what did he do? He deleted his post. Again, I'm not saying that she should be dead. But I try to look at things from other people's points of view, which I understand a lot of you guys are not going <laughs> to agree with at this time. So let me boo myself before I get started. Because I know some of you guys are not going to agree with what the fuck I'm about to say. But I believe that in this situation, that cop had no choice. And I know it's tough to say that, but I believe he had no choice. And I say that because... If I put myself in a position of, okay, I'm a police officer. If I'm racist, or even if I'm not, and I show up to a scene, like the the first thing this man saw when he showed up to the scene, he got out the car, he said, what's going on? He asked, what's going on? And before he even, before anybody even had the chance to respond, you have 16-year-old Makia Bryant coming out the house chasing a girl with a knife she attempts to stab her with the knife that girl falls down she turns around and sets her eyes on the girl that had the black the black um clothing set she lunged her arm back with the knife in hand and was about one second away from plunging the knife into this girl's shoulder or her neck at that point the officer fired. Now, did he fire too many times? I mean, you could you could debate that. Four times do sound like it was extreme. But what was he supposed to do at that time? Risk injury or death to someone else? Because I've seen people say, you know, you could have told her to drop the knife. She was in active attack mode. Like, nobody's going to lunge their arm back, and you scream, drop the knife, and she's going to drop the knife in mid-swing. That's not how shit works. And again, it's tough. Like it hurts me the fact that 
Now, I don't know if she was the troubled girl or not. I know she was in foster care. But the fact that with everything that may have happened in this girl's life, the fact that she does not even have the chance to rewrite her story, like, that's what hurts me. That's what hurts me. But again, in this situation, looking off strictly the facts in this situation, because like I said, even if you look at the girls, I believe it was her aunt when before the body cam um, footage came out, she went on TV and she said they shot Makia dead. She had dropped the knife already and they shot her. That's what the aunt said. And this was before the body cam footage came out. So I'm like, oh, shit, this is crazy. These motherfuckers is crazy. They just killing people, you know, with the knife was already dropped. But then when um, the body cam footage came out and boom, I see she was in active attack mode. She's swinging the knife. She's doing this. I'm like, God damn it. Like, what the fuck was that cop supposed to do? So y'all telling me that. Again, I'm speaking for this situation, not the others, not Trayvon's, not the other situations, not Mike Brown's where he had his back turned and shit. Strictly this situation. What was that man supposed to do? So y'all saying he was supposed to let her stab or kill another girl and simply talk to Makia and say, put the knife down, girl. Think about it. Stop stabbing her. Put the knife down. Like, what was he supposed to say? Again, it hurts me saying this because she was black. She was 16 years old, man. She has so much life left to live. But in that situation, I don't believe the cop had no choice. Now, I understand by me saying that, some of you guys are going to say, oh, you're pro-cop. Y'all can flip and say whatever the fuck y'all want to say. I'm looking strictly at the fucking facts of this situation, man. But again, R.I.P. the 16-year-old Makia Bryant, you know, more um, will be revealed over time. Like I said, it hurts me, man. That as a 16-year-old girl, man, because I picture myself at 16, like I wasn't perfect, but I I lived, I'm 31 years old now, I'll be 32 this summer. So I, I've had 15 years since then to rewrite my story and become a better person than I was back when I was 16. So the fact that she was 16 and her story is closed, that shit hurt, man, but... Oh man, it's it's her. Oh man, it just hurts thinking about this kind of shit. But like I said, in this situation, like what y'all, what the fuck y'all want the cop to do? Like she was in mid swing of plunging a knife into a girl's shoulder or her neck, and y'all saying don't use deadly force. Again, you know she could have called the police initially, but when the cop shows up and you are the person in full attack mode and people are running from you. A cop has no idea of knowing you called because when he shows up and asks what happened, the first thing he sees is you swinging a knife at people that are running. And the situation gets dumber to me because the foster mama said that, you know, this whole situation started because the house was dirty. What? And that is why I also say I believe the community failed this girl. Because if you look at the body cam footage, there's a grown ass man attempting to kick one of the girls that are, that had failed. They said the um the nine one one call had went out. It took police eight minutes to show up. So you telling me 
Within those eight fucking minutes, nobody in that house or the community, because the fight had spilled outside, nobody within those eight to ten minutes could defuse this situation or break up the fight. Because when the police shows up, all bets are off. So you had eight minutes to defuse that situation. And could nobody do it? The fight that this fucking fight happened over a dirty house. The foster mama said that, you know, um, she had two previous foster daughters who showed up at the house to celebrate a birthday. The house was dirty, and they believed that Makia Bryant was not keeping the house dirty. So the fight and the argument transpired from that. You got to be fucking kidding me, man. I just, oh, I can't. Oh, my God. That's some bullshit, man. But again, R.I.P. the 16-year-old Makia Bryant, we have to do better at keeping our community safe, man. Like, we know when the police shows up, all bets are off. So if there's a fight between girls going on on the block, don't be a grown-ass adult standing outside not doing shit, but then now when the police show up, now you want to speak. No. Defuse the fucking situation. This is a fight between three fucking girls, man. Defuse that shit, and the knife would have never come out. But we're going to take a quick break, man. I'm a... I'm going to dive into these listener voicemails again. R.I.P. to 16-year-old Makia Bryant, man. R.I.P., man. That shit is sad, but I'll be back. Yeah, yeah, welcome back, man. And let me say this right now before some of you guys flip the shit about what I said about Makia Bryant. Just because I am not, oh, 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 this is fucking, it's outrageous and shit like that does not mean I don't care about the girl because y'all motherfuckers, like, y'all great at flipping some shit. I never said I don't care about Makia Bryant. All I said was that, this shit so, what the fuck? All I said was that based on that situation, it's kind of tough. Like when you look at both sides, I figured I'd come back to this real quick before I play the list of voicemails because I feel like some of y'all going to spin that shit. Oh, you not as as um as angry or as outraged as me at another senseless death. I'm mad about it. She was 16 fucking years old. All I'm saying is that you have to look at the facts. I'm looking at strictly what's presented to me. I'm not waking up. You know, going to social media and trying to find the level of anger I should be based on what I see on social media. Because even if if you look at LeBron James, like after the um the um what's the fuck after the verdict came back in um the George Floyd case, he posted a picture of the officer who killed Makia Bryant, and he said, "Your next accountability." And then a couple hours later, you know what he did? He took it down once the body cam footage came out. And then he spun it and um, released a fucking statement. Yeah, I took it down because all that's going to do is make people angry. When has LeBron ever taken something down? Like LeBron James is someone who I think is very, very important for our community. 100%. Like being someone so powerful as a black man, someone who has a major spotlight, a major position. So when he come out and speak about black issues, it's important. It's important to me. 
it's important to so many other black men, women, kids, you know, everybody out here. But like I said, you have to look at the facts. And now OJ caught some backlash because, of, matter of fact, let me play y'all what OJ said. OJ had a, um, a reply to LeBron James. That's what he said. OJ Simpson. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Tough morning listening to all the criticism that LeBron Le- uh, James is getting. Uh, I'm a fan of LeBron. I admire the work that he's done, how he's helped his community and how he's helped his friends uh, and how he's been fighting all of these social issues, especially that of systemic racism in the legal system and with the police department. you got to respect it. But you can't fight every battle. You know, you can't. Uh, you got to pick your battles. I mean, it's a war that must be fought, but sometimes you need to take your time and be a little more patient before you comment on some of these um, uh, bad incidences that are happening with police departments. Uh, this one, uh, LeBron should have waited. Uh, I'm a little upset with. And again, I mean, I know it's tough, and OJ should be the last one talking about somebody with a knife. OJ, we know you, motherfucker. Let's give you the dumb bitch. We know. We know. You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard. I ain't going to play the whole button because, I mean, I believe he has some truth. And I know by me saying that some of what he said was true, some of you guys are going to be angry. How could you? You're black. But, again, I'm looking strictly at the facts because, like I said, when you get your information from social media before the facts come out, that's when you rush online and you react differently. And that's what LeBron James did, and that's what so many people did. Again, she's 16. I'm not saying she deserved to die. I'm just saying that in that situation, when a police officer shows up to a location, the first thing he said was, what's going on? Right after he finished asking what's going on, you see a girl with a knife swinging, stabbing, like, what the fuck? is the man supposed to do in that situation? Again, I, I understand when people say, oh, you got to tase, you got to do this, only shoot one time. It's it's tough. Like that's, a, like, that's one that's tough because it was in the heat of the moment. And again, I know I'm black, so some of you guys are going to say I'm not black anymore. I, I don't give a fuck. I really don't give a fuck. I'm being honest. I'm speaking my truth because I'm looking strictly at the facts. Because when I first heard about the case... Like everyone else, all the memes that were going around said, this is outrageous. 16-year-old Makia Bryant was getting jumped. She called the police. They showed up and shot her. They didn't say nothing about the fact she was in active attack mode with a knife. Again, she could have been getting jumped, and she could have been using that knife to defend herself. But once the police show up and everybody is running from you, and you are in active attack mode. Like the perception is that you are the suspect. Like I said, that's that's a tough one, man. But um, Lil Boozy responded. I'm going to play out what Lil Boozy said before I jump into these listener voicemails. This is what Lil Boozy said in response to OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson. How the hell are you going to tell LeBron... Be quiet about speaking up for our race. You supposed to be speaking up for our race. Yeah, I was cheering for you. We got you free. A black man got you free. The black community got you free. 
and you won't tell them chill out, you need to chill out. You better chill out. Get the of LeBron nuts. You better chill out. You wrong, man. You supposed to be the the front the forefront on. You supposed to be on the front line for this black. Let's clap it up for Lil Boozy one more time. But um, wasn't Lil Boozy supposed to be canceled? And this one, this is something else I hate about my community, man. It's like we talk all this cancel shit. Remember when Lil Boozy came out and he admitted, yeah, you know, um, I had some sons that were underage, some nephews that were underage that were 12, 13, 14, 15, and I got grown women to pleasure them. Remember he said that shit? And what did everybody say? Oh, he's canceled. That's fucking outrageous. It's nasty. Like, everybody is canceled until they say something or do something that we like, then they aren't canceled anymore. It's some bullshit, man. Like, we got to figure out some shit in our community. Like, we have to. Like, we got to figure out what to stand by, what not stand by, you know, who's canceled, who's not canceled. It's just so much jumble right now. Like, when I say some shit, I stand by my shit. If I say someone is canceled, then I am not listening to them no more. That's what I'm saying. Like, how, how many times y'all motherfuckers um, done canceled Chris Brown? This nigga still out here spinning and backflipping because y'all don't mean that shit. But let's get into these listener voicemails, baby. I only got one that I want to talk about now. Matter of fact, let me play what she said first. I said, you know, on my Instagram, which is Lunchroom Chatterpod, if you guys need any advice, you want some advice on relationships, on life, a situation. Again, I'm not an expert, but I'm someone who prides myself in keeping it real, keeping it a hundred, keeping it a stack, whatever the fuck you want to say. As a matter of fact, whatever the fuck you want to say, okay? So let's see what she had to say, man. Again, I'm not going to say her name, but um, if you guys want to, Get any advice or you just want to send a voicemail in to tell me how the fuck you feel. Go to my Instagram at lunchroom chat apart. Hit me, hit my DMs and send me a voice message. Here's a new one for you. I recently met a man. Seems very nice. Spoke for hours. A couple of days. But it seems... <laughs> That message got cut off too soon but what i was going to tell you was that i met a man who i had been speaking to for a few days the last conversation lasted about three hours up until he said that he has been living with his mother his whole life never Wait, lived what? on his own never lived with a woman he is 51 years old what pause that pause that let's boo this nigga I'm going to get back to the message, but hold on. She said, everything seemed great. You know, she met a man, talked to him over three hours on the phone. That's that old school shit. You talk on the phone three hours. But then she said, he's 51 years old, been living with his mama his whole fucking life. Sis, you better run. Sis, you better go. Sis, go. Don't you be a We're not slaves no more, sis. We're not slaves no more. Let that nigga go. Let's get back into the message, but 51 years old, you've been living with your mama out the womb? This nigga was with his mama out the fetal position. Mm, 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 mm. How am I to perceive that? How is a woman to process this? Especially if you're telling me that this has been a problem with other women, yet you do nothing to 
change it. You do nothing to um, move forward. I don't know. How am I supposed to perceive that? I can't even talk to him no more at this point until I get my head straight. This is crazy. Before I get into the last part of the voicemail, this is a three-part voicemail. Sis, but like without myself even hearing the last part, that's not going to work. Like, again, I don't know your age, but if he's 51, I believe you you got to be at least in your 40s. Maybe your 50s, I'm not sure. But for a guy to be living with his mama from the age of birth till he's 51 years old, I mean, of course, that's going to be an issue in a relationship. Like, if you talk to a woman and, you know, it gets serious and you guys, you know, have long, hard discussions about moving in, is the mama going to move in too? Because I'm someone like when I like when I date, like I want the relationship to be between me and the person I'm dating. I don't want to share every fucking relationship details with your mama because that's what happens when someone is a mama's boy. You guys get into an argument two minutes after the argument is done. Guess who knows about the whole shit? His mama. That's. mm -mm. And just to add to that, his mother is not ill. She is not physically disabled, nor is he that I know of. So, he says that he lives there because why not? And maybe that's the part that really bothers me. So, he don't want to pay for for shit. Okay. So, if you can't. Oh, pause that. Okay. Because that's where I was going. I was going to say, okay, maybe his mama, maybe he was going to move out when in like in his 20s. But his mama got sick. His mama got ill. But she said his mama's healthy. And then she said, he said, why not? What that tells me is that he does not want responsibility. He does not want to pay bills. He does not want to be on his own because he can live with his mama and pay no rent. Or he can just chip in and help out. Because as we all know, like, like once you become adult, an adult and you move out, you got responsibilities. You got a car note. You got rent. You got lights, utilities. You got cable. All the shit I pay for on my own. I mean, would it be nice to still live with my mama and not have those responsibilities and be able to work and keep every check and just save it up instead of spending it on bills? Hell yeah. But we all have to become adults eventually. Now, you could not be an adult. But it just it it may mean that you don't deserve a grown ass woman because no grown ass woman gonna sit back and just let you live with your mama and then potentially move in with you and your mama. That, that's not gonna happen. Well, any grown ass mature adult is not gonna do that. But let's jump back into this voicemail. Or haven't taken care of yourself by yourself. How do I know that? you can successfully maintain a relationship and take care of me in my time of need? Or um, do you expect for me to do what your mother has been doing for you for the last 51 years? And that's how the relation... I mean, that's how the voicemail... And let me clap it up for six man. But sis, I'm going to say right now, Ron, if you date this man, you are basically going to be his second mama. This man has been babied his whole fucking life. If his mama's healthy, that means she's still doing his fucking laundry. She's still making him food. She's still cooking him breakfast. This is a grown-ass man at 51 years old who does not want to have the responsibility. Again, um, madam, let me step back. Now, I don't know if he's mentally there. Now, if he's mentally sane, because 
I, I, you know, I've met grown men before, you know, who still live at home with their mamas in their forties because it may be something that is wrong with them mentally to where they can't move out and survive on their own. But if he's all there as a man, he's mentally sane. Everything is, you know, fully functional is he's not, you know, suffering from no mental illness and he's still at home with his mama says, uh-uh, let that go. I don't, I don't give a fuck how long you guys spoke on the phone. You spoke on the phone for four hours, five hours. It was great. It was magical. What is not magical is that this nigga still eating Lucky Charms at home with his mama. Ain't, ain't nothing magical about that. This nigga is third with 51 years old, still living with his mama, eating Lucky Charms. She's still doing his laundry. Mm-mm. Like that amazes me. The fact that grown ass men who still live at home with their mamas in their, what, what is it? Is in their 50s who want to really have serious relationships because come on that's some bullshit man but um to get away from that man again let's clap it one more time for that voicemail like those are the voicemails i like man like do not be scared to send me a voicemail every time i ask that shit you know people always want to send shit through text i'm not i'm not gonna read a text message on the podcast i want people to hear your voice i want people to be entertained just by hearing you Explain your own situation or you actually ask the question yourself. Oh man, but um this this past week, um you know, I was still trying to process DMX and you know, sixteen year old Makia Bryant being shot dead, the George Floyd trial. And in the midst of that, a player from the University of Kentucky named Terrence Clark, he was nineteen years old, he passed away in California. But before I dive in and give y'all some more of my thoughts, this is the news clip from WHAS 11. Not just shaking Kentucky, but the basketball world. Clark is a Boston native whose reach and potential resonated with many as he was about to chase his NBA dreams. John Calipari is with Clark's family today in Los Angeles. He released some extended thoughts on his former guard on his website. Cal Perry partly says, quote, his heart was overflowing with love for his family, his friends, and his teammates. He was as caring of a person as I have ever coached. His enthusiasm and energy, not just for basketball, for life, are what we all hope to have in our journey. Terrence had figured that part out, that if you wake up every day with a smile on your face and a joy in everything you do, this life is beautiful, end quote. Clark went back to Boston often and got to know some around the Celtics. Celtics head coach Brad Stevens and others are devastated. Those kids are important to us here, and you know, I didn't, you know, never met him. You know, my son looks up to him. He's a very, very good kid. You know, just always smiling, always energetic. And he was about to get his opportunity too. Well, the NBA tweeted about Clark today, sending condolences. Former teammates chimed in as well on Instagram with UK's Davion Mintz saying Clark. Lit up every room. Keon Brooks says the energy Clark brought into the world was unmatched. Let's clap it up one time for Terrence Clark, man. Whoa, tragic whoa, God news. Damn, lo- motherfuckers can wait. Like, situations like that hurt my heart, man. And they do because, like I said, he was only 19 years old. This man had a whole life ahead of him. He declared for the NBA draft. He left the great basketball school, Kentucky. Again, I don't know much about his family. I don't know if his family was in poverty or if they 
you know, were well off, but a 19 year old black man who spent his whole life playing basketball, going through a process to make his dreams come true and was a mere months away from it happening. So to lose your life at 19 years old, man, it's that, that that's painful. That is painful because I can't imagine working for something my whole life. I'm being a mere months away from it happening. And I passed away in a car accident. So, you know, my condolences to his family. Rest in peace to Terrence Clark. But I believe that this. This also opens up a bigger conversation in regards to as young people. As teens, as young adults, we are not invincible. Now, when I heard more details about the car crash, they said that um, he was driving. He li- he just left a basketball workout with a friend. Now, he sped through a red light. And when he sped through that red light, he collided with a car that was making a left turn. After that, you know, he left. He struck something else. And then he ultimately hit a pole. Like my young black people, man. I don't care if you're black, white, Chinese, whatever the fuck you are. We are not invincible. Like that is something that even I had to understand as a young adult. Like, you know, like like when you're young and like you plan, oh, you know, in 10 years I'm going to get married. And, you know, in 2040, I'm going to do this. Like when you're young, you plan shit out years ahead of time because you think that time will always be there for you. You think that I'm young. I'm 19. I'm good. Now, again, like when I was 12 years old, I remember one time me and my brother had an argument. I'm 12. My brother was like 14 or 15. But I'm 12 years old. Like my brother got me so fucking mad. You know what I said? I said, that's why you're going to die first because you're older. Because I didn't really understand death in that someone can be older or younger. But that does not mean that person will pass away before you. But I said that believing that my brother's older, so he's going to die before me, not realizing that you can be 15 and somebody can die at two years old. It's like I knew that, but I didn't really have an understanding of death and how it worked and the whole process behind it. So young adults, we are not invincible, man. Like that is something we, like we all have done. Like, I, like I, I've never done it. Like I've never sped through a red light because that shit scares the fuck out of me. Like everybody on the road, they drive differently. And I, um, I've had this conversation many times with young adults, but even people older than me. Where they, I, like I'll be in the car, I'll be in the passenger seat and they be on their phone texting. I'll be like, yo, stop texting while you drive, man. That shit pissed the fuck out of me. Like stop running the red lights. Stop texting when you drive. And you know what they say? Oh, I'm good. I'm a good driver. So the fuck what? That's boo. I don't give a fuck how good of a driver you are. What I tell them is that you can be a good driver, but what you can't control, you cannot control the other drivers on the road. Now, what if you're driving down a fucking highway and you texting and you're a good driver? You can do it. But somebody else on that opposite side of the road, you know, they they may be drunk. They may lose their vision, whatever the fuck may happen. And now they are coming to you heads on. And now because you're texting on your phone and you lose that two to three seconds, you may need to avoid that car. 
Now we both die because your dumb ass Don't want to focus on the road So again my young people man Like please like when you're on the road When you're driving even in your everyday life Like do not take unnecessary risks Because this young man should still be here At 19 years old This young man should not be dead man This man should be sitting back Getting prepped getting ready for his NBA career man And the fact that this young man Passed away at 19 years old, man. Like, it's it hurts. It hurts talking about it, man. But it's not, it's, it's not a lot of good news this week, man. Now I want to get into... I want to laugh real quick, man. There was a black couple who randomly showed up to a $5 million home in Florida, man. I cannot make this shit up, man. Let me find the news clip, and we're going to get back into this shit. I found a clip. Now, this this report is from Inside Edition. It's a lavish estate perfect for a fairy tale wedding. Manicured lawn, pool, tennis court, and that's just outside. The inside is also extraordinary. Grand rooms, a bowling alley, a screening room, chef's kitchen, and a massive... Damn, bar. I see why y'all showed up. God damn. This is where they Apartment say is stacked. And now they are being accused of being the ultimate wedding crashers. This is a doozy of a story. We've been talking about it all morning. The home outside Fort Lauderdale is actually owned by the heir to an IHOP pancake restaurant, Fortune. It's on the market for just over $5 million. Courtney Wilson toured the estate as a potential buyer and was so knocked out by what he saw, he decided to have his wedding there. Out went the invitations, inviting his guests to the formal wedding of the year on April 17th to what was now being called the Wilson's Estate, as in Courtney Wilson. The guests were also invited to a Sunday brunch the next day. Well, all that was news to the owner, who lived in separate quarters on the estate grounds. Imagine his surprise when the Wilsons arrived. He called police. I have people trespassing on my property. And they keep harassing me, calling me, and uh, they say they're having a wedding here, and it's God's uh, message, and I don't know what's going on. All I want is to stop. And they're sitting on my property right at the front gate right now. Two officers arrived and asked the wedding party to leave. No charges were filed. Alas, a dream wedding that ended before it even began. Bro, that's some bullshit. Like, black people, I, I love my people, but you're going to show up to a house that you made it seem like you was going to buy? Now, again, the house is for sale. The house is on the market. This couple showed up. They they went through the process and made it seem like they was going to buy the house. They seen how, ni- how nice the house was, and they decided, you know what? I want to have my wedding here. I didn't know these motherfuckers planned a two-day event. These motherfuckers planned to get married on one day, the next day, come back for brunch at the house that's not yours. These motherfuckers sent out information, wedding invites, and they put the Wilson's estate on the fucking invitation. A house you don't own. Let's boo. That's a... Y'all some stupid ass motherfuckers, man. Like, I understand the need. You want to have a big wedding. I mean, the shit had a bowling alley, a, a resort style pool in the back. The shit was fucking nice. But nigga, it ain't yours. It's not yours. Like imagine like you the homeowner. You sitting down, you watching Netflix, you watching Snowfall, you watching whatever the fuck you watch on TV. 
And this motherfucker show up with chairs and shit. Ooh, setting up a wedding. Motherfucker set up a fucking eatery outside. And you like, what the fuck? Now, now the, the homeowner, he was straight. He said, yeah, you know, y'all heard in the 911 call. But hold on. He said that the people said it was God's message that they have a wedding here. Shut the fuck up. Like, that's one thing I hate. Like, motherfuckers like black folks. Like, we don't always got to attribute everything to God. God wanted me to have this wedding here. No, he didn't. God wanted you to have a wedding that fit your budget. He wanted you to have a wedding that fit your means. He didn't say go out and finesse a $5 million home. Like, stop that shit. Please stop that, man. Y'all some dumbasses. Go have a wedding at McDonald's at this point. Fuck you. I take it back. Not fuck you. But go have a wedding in a place in which you can actually afford. But, man, I I got some scary news the other day, man. I think I was going to bed and I seen a story that Pretty Ricky, um, one of the guys from Pretty Ricky named Baby Blue, he was shot in an attempted robbery in Florida. Now, when I seen the video, he was on the ground. You know, I, I think his cousin was screaming, call 911. I was like, fuck. Because time after time, we, like, we've seen so many videos where these things happen and ultimately the person passed away. We've seen it with Nipsey Hussle. We, we've seen it with XXX. We've seen it with so many people. Too. I got scared. I'm like, fuck, another person that I've watched growing up that may lose his life. But, you know, thank God, you know, he ended up... The man ended up, you know, right now, I believe he cannot walk properly, but he's learning to walk. He's learning to redo a lot of things. But Pretty Ricky star Baby Blue was shot in Florida the other day. Let me play you guys a quick news clip. Another popular South Florida rapper is fighting for his life after he was shot in a bowling alley. The chaotic aftermath caught on camera. Local 10's Christian De La Rosa is live in Davie with the details. Christian. Well, Calvin Nicole, tonight Baby Blue is still in critical condition. <laughs> Desperate screams for help moments after South Florida R&B singer Baby Blue is shot. He's on the ground, bloodied after reportedly falling victim to an attempted robbery. Just turn him on the side. Leave him on the side. Leave him on the side. The rapper and member of the group, Pretty Ricky, was reportedly in the parking lot at Spares Bowling Alley in Davie around midnight Monday. Davie police say two men approached the victim trying to rob him of his gold chain. That's, that's and gunfire erupted. The artist, whose real name is Diamond Blue Smith, that is definitely a setup. Chaos breaks out inside the bowling alley as those surrounding him call and wait for an ambulance to arrive. Wednesday night, his fans using the hashtag pray for baby blue on social media. I can't handle more of this shit, man. I'm tired of I'm tired of violence. I'm tired of death. Like our community, the police, like it's just so much going on right now to where, like I said, I'm not I'm not desensitized towards it. But that right there, like, they knew he was in there. Baby Blue, he was having a a single release party. He released a new song. He was having a release party to celebrate the release of his new single. Now, they said he he went towards the entrance. 
He had on a nice big, a nice thick gold chain. They tried to rob his gold chain. He grabbed the gun. He ultimately got shot. But um, I want to clap it up right now for my guy. He's in the hospital, but they said he's going to pull through. They said he's going through physical therapy, but like, just thank God this man is still breathing, man. But um, something else that happened this past week, um, there was a white mom. I forgot the state, but there was a white mom and her daughter was dating a black, a black teenager. Now they're, they're in high school. Now their relationship was toxic, a toxic relationship between this black teen and his white girlfriend. Now, Friends have come out and said that the couple argued a lot. They were toxic. Sometimes they fought. But what happened today, this young man died. The black teen died. Now, the daughter and the boyfriend, they got into an argument. Now, the story is that he roughed her up. You know, she went home. She was bruised up. She was missing some hair because they had a fight. Now, she went home. She signed out of school early. She went home. Her mama saw that, you know, the daughter was looking roughed up. So she called the police as any mom should. Now, the mom called the police, told the police what happened. So the police, the police went to the school to arrest this young man. Now, ultimately, he had a gun. And he ended up being shot dead in the high school bathroom. Like, oh, man, like if this shit don't bother y'all, man. You know, whether it's. Justified or not, like just seeing young men die, it's, it hurts, man. And my question from there is that I believe that the people in our community, like we have to do a better job. Like I can't blame this shit on the parents all the time because you can be a great mom, you can be a great dad, but sometimes, especially now in 2021, friends and social media, they play more of a role in raising your child than you. Now, that's something that a lot of people are not going to want to believe, but social media and outside elements play a major part in raising our child because we can try to give our child the best morales, the best way of thinking, you know, to where they can make great decisions. But social media is so influential. Friends are influential to where a lot of, a, a lot of the shit you say may get lost in the shuffle because... Oh, Drake said do this. You know, YG said do this. Oh, you know, Young Thug, T.I. You know, Lil Boothy said do this. Like, people that we know in love because celebrities, they play a major part in raising our child. And that is why I say their voice is so fucking powerful, man. Like, it hurts, man. When I see young black men, young black women make decisions in the moment, make decisions now that will hurt them for years to come, man. For years to come. Like the situation the other week where I believe his name was was it Adam Toledo? 13 years old, shot dead by the police at 3 a.m. Now the body cam footage, you know, I believe that they had a call or they seen they seen this 13-year-old man, 13-year-old child, excuse me, with a grown ass man. Now the police came, both of them ran. I believe the grown man got away and the 13 year old was left with the gun. Now he had the gun, he dropped the gun and now after he dropped the gun, he got shot. 
But my question is, as a grown ass man, why the fuck are you outside at 3 a.m. with a gun around a 13 year old child? Like we have to do better, man. Like we got to stop guiding and, you know, helping our youth go down a path where the only other options are jail and death. Like, thank God I was young and like I had OGs that seen so much potential in me to where I was not allowed to make those decisions. I'm 31 years old. I've never been arrested. I've never had. Now, of course, I've been stopped by the police because I'm black, but I've never been arrested. I've never done no illegal shit. Now, there was a time when I thought about it. But I had a grown motherfucker. He was like, yo, you in school, you working. Like you on that honor roll shit. This shit is not for you. This is for us. You got a future. And like just hearing that from somebody in the hood, that shit meant it meant a lot to me. The fact that someone else seen something in me that I may not have seen at that time. That's why I say community is so fucking important because sometimes your mom, your dad, they may work so hard to provide a life for you. And that is where the community has to step in to help guide the youth back to the proper spot. Because sometimes being being a young teen, a young man, a young woman, sometimes you may get off that path because of just certain desires. You may want more money at 12 years old and you and you may believe that by selling drugs, I can get that money. That is where if you have the youth like, come on, like. If, if you're in the hood, right. And you like an OG and you see like someone 12 years old, they want more money give them a couple dollars, give them like 10, 20, you know, something to kind of just to make them happy and just keep them focused so they can focus on the real fucking goal, which is to finish school and, you know, ultimately, hopefully make something of yourself, man. But, um, I hate every single fucking week. I, I got to talk about this shit. It's a new death. It's a new Police killing and somebody else shot dead in our community. Like what we seen in Chicago this past week where the seven-year-old girl was shot dead. They tried to kill her father. Now, there's a video going around of the dad pissing on somebody else's grave. I don't know if that's the reason why he got shot. But, you know, he was, they got him on camera, you know, pissing on a rival's grave. Now, he was in um, the drive-thru at the McDonald's. He was shot dead. Well, he... Excuse me, he didn't die. He's in critical condition. But his seven-year-old girl, seven-year-old daughter, was shot dead in Chicago. It's tough, man. It's tough. So you guys out there, please stay safe. And if you see the youth out there struggling, making bad decisions, please don't encourage them. Like, you are not lit. You're not popping. You're not, oh, that, oh you're so popular. Oh, that's that's lit. That's It's not lit to make bad decisions that can cause death or for you to be incarcerated, man. So shout out to everybody out there who support their community. Like if you see, again, if you've seen the, te- if you see teens, whether it be a boy or a girl and they doing some dumb shit, like just take them aside, talk to them. I understand that sometimes the youth may not listen, but at least you tried. It's better to try than watch someone die. And then that's when you show up on the news with an RIP sign. Just try your best, man. Like, as a community, like, we got to take it back. We got to be old school and just try to help each other, man. But um, 
I'm out this bitch. John A. Schultz, as always, you guys can click the link in the bio. You guys can become a monthly supporter. You guys have any voicemails to send me. My IG is Lunchroom Chatterpod. Love you guys. Stay safe. We out this bitch.